This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media. Here's your host, Kevin Urutia. Today we have a special episode. We have the team of Shine Delight Enterprises on our podcast today. Hey guys, I would love for you guys to sort of introduce yourself, starting off with uh, Abigail. Hey Abigail, how's everything going? Everything's going well. How's it going? Uh, it's good here. Good on our end, you know, staying, working from home. On the call, we have Abigail and then we also have Joshua and then Brian. But Abigail, love to sort of maybe talk about yourself and maybe give a sort of background about who you are and sort of, you know, kind of how you sort of led to this journey of starting your business. I am the CEO and founder of Shine Delight Enterprises. I've always had Shine Delight. I've been doing Shine Delight on a freelance basis now since 2004. When I started, we were just primarily doing writing services. Web services were starting to take hold. So we started to do a, a lot of different content strategy, various ghostwriting projects, publications, editing, things along those lines. We did some tutoring. And then over the years, we started to gain momentum as people started referring my services in the areas of ghostwriting and web development. Working in the corporate sector just reached a place where I started thinking, okay, so what's next, right? We all get to that point where we're thinking what's next. I started, you know, had to really look at where I was and what the type of decisions that I needed to make to kind of proceed. Do I want to continue climbing a corporate ladder or do I, you know, what does that look like? Or do I want to really look at Shondalite and see how I could grow it and make it something more. Can you talk to me maybe a little bit about, you know, what made you kind of start that? It's a very interesting thing of like an entrepreneur starting our business. What were you doing before that that made you say, hey, I want to do my own thing and venture out to do my own sort of business, you know, because that takes a different type of person to do that. Doing web development. I was doing IT. I was an e-commerce manager. I managed 10 e-commerce websites, store sites. I was doing IT. I worked in infrastructure. We built out a knowledge-based platform. I was working as a UI, UX content strategist. So I already had those skill sets. And having those skill sets, for me, I started thinking, would it make more sense if I marketed these skills rather than continuing to pursue the corporate roles that I was essentially in. And it made more sense to market the skills. Mm -hmm. And in marketing the skills, I was able to package that and really start to grow my own company, my own brand, selling the same services essentially that I was doing, that I was working with. So not the same and and exact in what I did in my corporate positions, but the same in the sense of the type of work, web development, IT, marketing, those things are very second nature to me and writing. I was able to kind of put together a business plan because that's important, right? And just go from there. As I've done that, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. 
And as it's taken on a life of its own, I've been able to scale it to where it is. We were initially Shine the Light Web and Writing Services. We are now Shine the Light Enterprise, which is comprised of six divisions. Each of those divisions, the goal is that they will stand alone as their own individual companies. So we've been able to scale it to where we are right now versus where initially we were, I was just doing independent contracting, selling web development, selling marketing services, selling IT services. Now we've come full circle and we're still growing to this day. How big is that uh, for, I guess for our listeners, how big is your team now? We're still small. Uh, we we're small on the enterprise end, primarily because of the way we execute our services. So we have five, essentially, including myself, what makes six on our enterprise side. But the way we work is through projects. So our projects, we kind of like contract those projects out. So we're a small enterprise in the sense of who works here. We're large in the sense of how we execute our services. When we were talking about previously in a different call, you said that you guys really kind of do a lot of ADA compliance. Maybe talk to readers or listeners about that, what that means, and sort of why that's important to maybe uh, be thinking about this. I'll let my creative director Perfect. introduce himself and speak more to that because he's been our person who's been highly engaged in our ADA compliance in the areas of graphic design. So all of our visual elements, all of our creative assets, they are ADA compliant. We don't market anything that isn't ADA compliant. So I'll let Brian come on, introduce himself and speak to that because he is our person who, you know, utilizes the ADA compliance more now. Perfect. Sounds good. Hi, everybody. This is Brian. Nice to meet you, Kevin. Thanks for having us and uh, allowing us to just share the world of ADA compliance with your audience. Like Abigail said, it's very important and it doesn't just serve the initial purpose. It also provides a little extra level of information to every user that visits your website. Really, what we look to do is adhere to the WK. That set of guidelines, while it's not technically federal law, it's kind of what a lot of court cases have been going to as far as legal ramifications regarding your website not being compliant. And the core basis of those guidelines are pretty straightforward as far as just being able to provide an extra level of informational depth to your website. Things as simple as adding uh, appropriate alt text to your static images on your website, different usage of color, and all of these different things that you can, I, I would say Shine Delight helps guide our customers and our clients through a journey of kind of discovering not only who they are, but who they want to be. What do they want to evolve to? You know, whether that be updating your brand standard, corporate identity, logos, imagery style, font usage even, to help them create a good user experience on their website. For example, having a lot of just statistical information without having your website or your, uh, I would say your UI UX, kind of complementing that journey could be confusing to say visually impaired audiences that rely on text-to-speak functionality within web browsers. We're here to help them not only remain compliant with ADA compliance, but also get an added benefit and increase the impact of their websites. 
It's funny you're saying because ADA compliance, not that many people think about it, but it's something that it's happening more and more. And I mean, I'm sure you guys know there's a lot of companies that are just getting in trouble because they're not ADA compliant. They're being fined and the fines aren't small. They aren't cheap. This is why we entered into this market. There's not a lot of us. And the few of us that are in this space, we're able to do it and we're able to do it well because we don't want you, you as a company to experience a lawsuit. That's an expense you don't need that you can essentially avoid the other piece and i'll have chester who is our it director speak to it because brian spoke from the air the subject matter in the sense of visually when you have persons who are visually impaired when they're looking at your websites and i'll give you a prime example these loud backgrounds that are even you know if we stare at it too long and we're not visually impaired but if we stare at it too long it hurts our eyes Imagine what that does for a person whose vision is impaired. So just thinking about how you present your brand, we help you figure that out. And not only how you present that brand, but how do you market it? Like Brian said, how do you take that end user through that journey so that they go from, if you're selling something, so that they land on your website, they see the product, and they go from product to checkout in a seamless process. We help them to do that because sometimes there's a lot of processes on these websites where it's like, I just want to check out (laughs) Um, and you never get there. So we help you figure that out, not just for ADA compliance, but the end user in general. We build that platform for you and we get that end user from the marketing, right, to landing on your page and to conversion, to buying that product in a seamless process with little harm done to you if you're a person who has a disability. And I'll let Chester introduce himself. He's our IT director because he's our person who would actually integrate those systems and tools and softwares that we're not thinking about when we're building websites so that more people become aware and start to think about their platforms that they have and start really looking at it and saying, am I in compliance? Do I risk the possibility of being fined? Hey, Chester, great to have you on here too. Thank you for having us, Kevin. But yes, I have a very extensive background in compliance, definitely with uh, web applications. But that's the last thing you'd ever want to do is actually have an application that disabled individual that's using your product can't use it because of various things they can't do. So even down to... Uh, laptops and, and applications that you use, like even the colors, Abigail was saying, the fonts, and even the flow of the application. It has to be easy for people to understand and get through the application to the end results. I have very extensive testing. A lot of web applications that you get stopped right at the first page. You don't even get to the second page or, or the next step because it's just so cumbersome and make it easy for the user. So. Perfect. And then I have another question for you guys. How does a website owner or even like a business owner know if they're ADA compliant or how do they even sort of begin this process of, hey, I want to do this. How now do I check my website? How can I test it? What's that sort of beginning process? What I always tell people, what I always tell clients is look at the flow of your website. When you go into your website, when you click on your homepage, What is it that you're asking your audience to do? And if you're not able to, as the website owner, go from each stage of the website process from purchase to checkout, if you have an e-commerce platform, or from 
information or service to either a consultation or purchase of that service, and you're not able to do it and without looking at your website and it's, you know, you're putting on glares or something, whereas you're co not comfortably looking at it, then that's when you really need to look and say, okay, my website may not be compliant. We do have a worksheet that we essentially provide to clients when they seek our ADA compliance services that kind of give them an ability to do an audit of their own website first. And then once they do the audit of their own website, then we go in while they're doing the audit of their website where we've already gone in and looked at their website and kind of given them, Brian does this really well, but the overall, what we gained when as the end user ourselves, when we went on to these clients' websites, then we offer the feedback for how you can make this end user experience better. Yeah, and I do have one other thing to add to that, Kevin, is for kind of a just getting started standpoint, there is a Chrome extension for from Google called the Wave Web Accessibility Tool. It can provide literally anybody kind of a, a starting point, and what it'll do is it'll flag, okay, 2.1 failures, and it'll kind of just give you an idea of where to start. But like Abigail said, you can take it a step farther, particularly when it comes to your customer's user experience on the website. This tool will not let you know if your content isn't being uh, kind of converted or translated to cater to persons with disability. And also just with the, the dark, noisy backgrounds, uh, won't necessarily read contrast, which is, you know, if you have an individual that has 20% eyesight, if you have a really contrast strong website visually, that'll make it a lot easier on that individual. Kind of just, you know, goes into depth. There can really be a lot of analysis. You know, our team, you know, when we review clients' websites, we can assess visually from our experience what type of recommendations we can make to our clients. I have another question for you guys. Is sort of with this sort of ADA compliance, the help that you guys provide other entrepreneurs and other founders do you have to be on certain platforms or is it like WordPress, Wix, you know, all the sort of platforms like Shopify, does it really matter? Is it an issue that you're seeing with every platform or is that one platform better than the others that maybe you would say like, if you're starting out now, I would recommend this because it sort of helps solve a lot of the ADA compliance issues that someone might have in the future. I will have to say that platforms do matter. I know that when we're looking at costs, when we're and the startup phase, I've been there myself. I had to look at, I think for me, it was a little easier because I am a web developer, but I had to look at it and say, okay, what cost efficient? And we tend to gravitate toward, you know, all-inclusive platforms. We go to Wix, we go to the Squarespaces, we go to the Shopify. And that's not to say that those platforms can't be integrated so that they are ADA compliant because they can thing at that point is you will need to hire a service provider in order to integrate those assistive technologies and to make those platforms ADA compliant. I'll use a prime example. Brian wasn't very familiar with ADA compliance and he's been doing graphic design for decades, right? And he used Wix. His portfolio was a Wix portfolio. The first conversation I had with Brian when he came on to join the Shonda Light team was, Brian, you know, your, <laughs> your platform's not ADA compliant. And once he understood what ADA compliance meant, 
that he was able to go back onto his portfolio and make that platform ADA compliant. So it is possible, but my recommendation is always to go with those platforms that are already, that have the ability to maintain those assistive technologies, right? Because you may have a platform that can't sustain one of those assistive technologies that our IT department will integrate so that your customers, not just those who are visually impaired, but also those who cannot hear. So they need those assistive technologies in terms of Braille and if they can hear on one level and they can't hear on another. So these technologies have to be built, have to be integrated into these platforms. And some of the all-inclusive platforms can't sustain that. So my recommendation is always to go to start with a more premium platform mm-hmm. that's WordPress, that's Magento. Again, that's not to take away from any of the other platforms because again, you can integrate them, but that's when you'll have to reach out to a service provider. And even with WordPress and Magento, if you don't know how to do mm-hmm. that, then you still will have to reach out to a service provider and have them integrate those for you. A lot I'm seeing now, even with the WordPress, there are plugins that are allowing website owners to purchase those plugins and integrate them into their website so that the end users do have that end user experience where it's not harmful to their eyes or if they needed real technologies, those things are available to them. Or if they needed some assistance with the volume being adjusted or the images being toned out, those are being provided now. I have another question. I think this might be helpful for our listeners. How many people are you sort of excluding if you're not like ADA compliant or, you know, how much business you could potentially be losing? Because I think for business owners, it's really like the the loss of money that can maybe say like, this can give you 20, 30% more revenue. What type of numbers do you have quantified to our listeners? I don't have the data before me, but I can assure you, you are leaving a lot of money on the table. That's one of the conversations that we always have with clients where we look at their website and we do a full audit. We tell them you are leaving a significant amount of money on the table because think about it. When you build the website, you're not thinking about all end users. You're only thinking about people who if you're selling fashion websites, you're only thinking about people who can go onto your website and buy fashion. You're not thinking about how that person goes onto your website and buys that piece of fashion. You are excluding an entire population of individuals and you are leaving a lot of money on the table. People just don't think about it because it's like, they just think, oh, it's going to be someone like me, but there's a huge segment of people out there. Things resonate differently. For example, we work with supplement companies when we're selling to younger crowd, web design, you know, probably like Brian, you have experience, depending on who your target audience is, like your web design is going to be different. So when we're working with some companies, if we're selling to a younger demographic, we really like to use graphics that are very bold, RX bar. And then we're selling to like an older crowd. We really like to jam pack with graphs, text, maybe graphics aren't that great because it resonates better with them. So I guess similar to... And Kevin, I just want to add too that while I can't speak globally, general approximation, there's about 20% of Americans have some type of legal disability. It's hard to say, you know, depending on what your clients or what your company's target audience's demographic kind of fit in, you could take 20% of Americans and then kind of cut that up. Like you said, that's huge amount of individuals, potential customers. Exactly. I think people, our listeners need to be thinking about, it's just a, a huge amount of potential. And just like one final question, how do you guys think about pricing? Let's say someone wants to sort of figure out 
is it price per website, price per pages? I don't need an exact number, just kind of like a general overview. We're price per brand, essentially. If you come to us, because everyone's budget at this point, everyone is thinking about their budget with everything that's going on right now. So everyone's thinking about what's affordable, right? We're not always asking for you to say, okay, well, here, give us a lump sum of money and we'll do this. No, we don't operate that way. So we look at your platform, we look at what it's lacking, and then we look at your budget and then we work with you from there. So if you're a smaller business, we do offer assistance where we work with you on those I won't say financing because that's not exactly what it is, but we do have options where you can pay as we build and pay as you go because the thing that we're looking for, we don't mind one time, you know, clients who come in and say, hey, we just need this done. We don't mind that. Essentially with the ADA compliance, we want to make sure that you remain compliant so that you're always compliant because as Chester can tell you, compliance laws change change daily and they're always changing. We want to make sure that you stay in compliance. So we do offer platforms where you kind of pay as your, I won't say pay as you go, but we tend to work with you along those lines where you can meet those payouts when you need to meet them and you can have your websites ADA compliant. So we don't want you to think that, oh, that's something that I can't afford because really what it is, you can't afford not to at this point. With everyone shopping online right now, you are missing, there's so much opportunity there that you are missing because you didn't know. And now that you do know, because you're listening to this podcast, we're offering you that service and we will work with you to continue to provide that service to you as a company so that you are in compliance and your end users are able to come onto your websites, purchase a product or select a service. I think if anybody wants to really get this done, you'll really help them sort of accomplish this goal within their budget and something you guys care about. So it seems like you're willing to help the entrepreneur or founder really help their users. Abigail, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I would love for you and where they can find your website, where they can find you, where they can maybe connect with you on LinkedIn or email. Uh, give your, the listeners some link or resources they can go to kind of connect with you guys. If you are nonprofit, we did a fundraiser challenge. We are linked in with another agency fundraising challenge. You can find that on our website. If you are a small business, schedule a consultation. We'll walk you through it. We are shindelightservices.com, www.shindelightservices.com. If you are enterprise or corporations, we do work with enterprise or corporations as well. We are available you can speak with Chester, who is our IT director, or you can speak with Louis Vick. He's our president. Or you can speak with Brian. All of their schedules are accessible on our booking site, which is through booking site through Microsoft. And you can access that as well on our website, www.shondelightservices.com. We are all on LinkedIn. I am Abigail Davidson. If you go on LinkedIn, we also have a company page, Shine Delight Enterprises. We are on Facebook. Our company page is Shine Delight. My name is Abigail with two Bs, A-B-B. And we're all on Facebook as well as the Instagram and Twitter. We make it very simple for you to find us. We are excited to have been here today and we're looking forward for you to call. Perfect. That sounds good. Thank you so much, Abigail, for being on the podcast. And remember, Abigail, if you go to shinedelight.com, 
uh, sorry, shinedelightservices.com. You have a consultation page where someone can book a call with you guys. So another great way to get in contact uh, with you and your team, correct? Or you can find us on LinkedIn. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for coming. Brian, Chester, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. I'll, love to, I'll speak to you guys soon. All right. Thanks thank for you. having us. Bye-bye. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.